So I want to know how you're going to handle this situation as a doctor. All right, we'll see. Doctor has a patient encounter or two that they will remember for the rest of their lives. Something that even years later they think about randomly. For me, I think it was the time a guy came in claiming to have a crack pipe stuck in his What motivated you to pursue a career in the medical field? Well, that's a heavy question. That's heavy. Um, Let's hear it. Let's hear shit. it. Uh, so I, I have a question for y'all. Do you think doctors should trust all patients? In what else? I don't know. And we're <laughs> back with another one. Welcome to Lunch Trade Boys. You got your co-host Daquan here. Your other co-host Danny. Yo, what's up? What's up? In the building. Yo, yes, sir. What's up? This is Greg. This is my Greg. boy That's Greg right here. Yeah. 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 So, hey, let's start off with how do you guys met? Shit. That's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> we met, I think it was my, was it? All right, so I think our first time we met was a trip we did with a group of friends. Was it that first time? I don't remember. South Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I met you before South Carolina. It could have been South Carolina. Or I think it was before that. Cause was it? I know I yeah. met a few. Like I met Sean, Brandon, and like maybe one or two other people like before the South Carolina trip. But that's yeah. where I'm met like anderson and now nah, we definitely met through mo that's for yeah sure. we met through mo we yeah. have a mutual friend mo mm-hmm. which is i know through a high school friend that their cousins oh, okay and then they went to uh, stony brook together and then he like yeah. introduced me to like mm-hmm. greg but i think it might have been we had a trip in south carolina south carolina like 2016 yeah, summer 2016 carolina that's a really i don't know who picked it <laughs> I feel like Mo probably did. Probably. So we, we drove down, bro. Oh, oh God. wow. It was bad. <laughs> this is adventure, huh? Oh yeah. Like I was no, nah, I won't say. <laughs> yeah. It was it was just you no know, it was a very crowded car. It was ah, a crowded car, a lot going on. A lot going on. New people met meeting each other for the first ah. time. Yeah, it's like, hey, hello, how are you? Alright, get in the bag. You know yeah, the back backpack. I was in the trunk. Hey. I was in the You yeah. were in the trunk? Yeah, we were what's up, Brandon Hems Explorer? Ford yeah. Explorer? Some no, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> but he has a he had a big SUV. I think, oh, okay. I think it was seven of us. Yeah. In there. Like driver, passenger, yeah. I think and three. Then, so that's five. And then oh, and so I think the it was eight because I think it was two more. He had a third row and then um, and so then yeah, I think it was eight of us. Loki trunk was valid low. <laughs> really? Because I had more leg room than I would have in the, uh, the row in front. Okay. Yeah, it was wild. We got to do a trip again though. We do. That sounds kind of honestly one of the my best trips like it was actually what you guys do really down there a lot a lot <laughs> a lot it was a lot we went a lot to the we beach. can't get into we went to the beach went out one night uh-huh. you know, okay. yeah it was like a clubbing night yeah. like uh-huh. we had um we were down in myrtle beach yeah, and we yeah, there were bikes yeah. you know driving like, like we had two airbnb spots uh-huh. um, the second one was probably my favorite yeah the, got the pool too the pool oh, fire it was just like in total it was nine because one of the one one friend flew in. Uh, yeah. Smart. He was smart. <laughs> yeah, he was like eight oh. people in a car. Yeah, Bro, I'll it was pass. fourteen <laughs> hours in a car. What the fuck? Fourteen. Yeah. The That's man drove crazy. most of it. I don't know how the he did. The wild was cra- like the the drive was crazy because the GPS would be like, all right, stay straight for like. 235 miles yeah. and I was like god it's so bad for him oh my eyes he's the one doing it I was like fuck yeah me and Brennan alternate yeah that was a lot it was brutal I can't, I can't after that I won't do a long trip like I can't I'm fine no, I, just, I don't care yeah Yo, we're getting up there in age so yeah, like, yeah, yeah fuck that. I'm not in the trunk no more <laughs> your needs can't handle it nope <laughs> but yeah that's how we met though mm-hmm. that trip dope trip yeah it's dope yeah. So Dan was telling me you're trained to be a doctor? Yeah, so I'm a second year med student right okay. now. Um, so now we're kind of just finishing up our preclinicals. I just scheduled my board exam. 
So I'm taking that in May. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of crazy, like, reflecting on everything. So everything's coming to an end. Like, kind of just went like that. That's crazy. It's funny. The yeah. first thing I noticed, I was like, he has a doctor voice. Do <laughs> like, I? No. like, if you told me something unfortunate, I'd be like, you know what? It's not even a white guy voice? <laughs> no, no. It's a doctor oh, like, voice. Doctor <laughs> no, it's great. We actually just had a, like, um, we have these things called OSCEs. Basically, they're ways of training you for, like, patient encounters. And our last one was delivering bad news. And so you, you were struggling, like, weren't you? No, no. <laughs> you did good. How'd you do? Um, it was. I think I did okay. We were gonna. We got. Our, uh, we got our feedback. Um, you know, things I could work on. Everything. Mm -hmm. um, I think I was trying to buy time because we have like a twelve-minute slot. Oh. So like I finished early, so then I was trying to buy more time. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of like stumbling on. Well, what bad news were you given? Um, the bad news was for a patient getting hit with celiac disease. Oh, that's <laughs> really unfortunate. <laughs> it's fun because we have a friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a fun action. I didn't know you. I thought you just said it just cause. No, that was the oh, script. that's like, hilarious. So we have a friend with <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> You're just thinking of of mowing your head like. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was some crazy shit like breaking down that someone is like has terminal cancer. That's oh what I thought God. too. But then they switched up the wording. They were like, "All right, not bad news, but unfortunate." News. Unfortunate news. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're not dying. No. It, yeah. But yeah, it was for a chef who uh, got hit with celiac, and so we had to like, deliver that. So, so it's something you just got. Yeah. Right, let me let it. me hear your breakdown. How are you gonna tell? Oh me? no, put me on <laughs> the spot. Danny. So I have celiac. No, so right. So I, th like, I thought I just couldn't eat anything. I thought my shits were just, you know, <laughs> through the roof. No, I, I basically was like, um, man, I can't believe I'm going through the. Oh my bad. I can't believe going through this. But I, you know, like knock knock, and then like we sit down, take the chart, um, and then you just say, oh, like I have. Um, would you like to call any of your family members or friends or any support that you have? So then, you know, you say, okay, based on the further testing and the endoscopy that you just underwent, the results here are suggestive and indicative that you have celiac disease. And, you know, like, of course, like, give them a moment to process it, you know, for any questions. Could it be a false result? Are you uh, sure? It, no, no, it definitely, <laughs> definitely was. Um, because, you know, there were two lab tests that were done and then they underwent an endoscopy and we had, like, endoscopy results. Um, because in your intestine, like, you have, like, these finger-like projections, mm. right, to absorb things. Yeah. With celiac disease, they're blunted, uh, they're flat. Mm. So seeing, like, the flat blunting um, and then doing, like, you can stain the tissues to see, like, if something lights up and, like, that would be indicative of celiac disease. Oh, okay, okay. And plus, you know, all the reactions when they have to eat bread and da-da-da-da. Um, so then, you know, I offered, like, support. I was like, oh... Um, you know, there's celiac, beyondcelac.org and these resources and we're here for you and da 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 da. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so that was that, which is crazy <laughs> that you said unfortunate news. That's why yeah. I was thinking about it. <laughs> uh, what motivated you to pursue a career in the medical field? Well, that's a heavy question. That's heavy. Um, let's hear it. Let's hear shit. it. Uh, so I, um, my first friend I made in high school, um, her name is Shannon. Uh, she passed from a, like a rare cancer. And oh, so man. a year after her passing, that's when I started volunteering um, with Stony Brook uh, Hematology Oncology for PEDS um, and Pediatric ICU. Mm -hmm. And then once, you know, going through undergrad, I started doing more research because I was confused. I was like, why, why aren't the oncologists doing all the cancer research? Like, they would be great at it. Um, and then I saw this division between the scientists and the physicians. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be my goal to kind of like merge those two worlds. That's tough. Of, you know being the physician but also being the scientist wow. so that's my little short, short thing about that.
Jesus Christ, I'm save the world one day. Nah, that's not <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be him. Celiac disease. That's going to be his thing. That's going to be what he saves. Mo's going to be real happy. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Do you have any fears about becoming a doctor? Ooh, a ton. Which, um, I don't know. I don't know if you want me to get into it like that, but, you know, I think about um, being there for my patients, making, like, the right decisions. Yeah. Um, that, that's, I mean, it's terrifying. You're, you're in charge of all these people's health and, like, their outcomes. Um, you know, it's especially scary because after you graduate, you're an intern mm-hmm. in residency. And as that's, like, when you're a freshly minted physician, you know, you're kind of, like, starting your training. And, like, you just spent two years learning the science, the basic science of, like, basics of disease, um, you know, treatments, uh, how the body works. And then you're kind of, you know, start clinicals where you rotate through surgery and uh, family medicine, OB-GYN. And then you graduate, and then boom, like, get to the hospital day one, and now you're like, you are the doctor. And so, like, a common thing is, like, you're, like, going around the hospital and, like, so you're like, oh shit, like some shit's going down. Like, I need to get the doctor. And it's like, oh wait, that's it, me. That's it's me. That's me. <laughs> um, Damn. So, and like, you need to have like, you know, like the nursing staff and everyone like guide you to like put in order for something yeah. like Tylenol. Like, how do I put in orders? I don't know. And oh. so you kind of learn from the ground up at that mm. point. Because um, you've always been under someone this whole time. Now, yeah, like, yeah. Now you have a little bit more autonomy, but like you're still underneath all the residents and everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm fearful of that. I'm fearful of. Um, not losing myself in the process um, because you know not to like switch gears like a dark topic but um, a big epidemic in, in medicine is like physician suicide Damn. oh shit um, is it actually yeah oh did not know that. I mean yeah. I, I can see that because like you guys take on a lot of burden especially other people's burden yeah that and also like the current the residencies in America um, like they're st- residents starting to unionize mm-hmm. right and because they're overworked yeah. underpaid because resident salary is basically minimum wage. Really? Mm, yeah. So it's minimum wage. And, and you work overtime too, right? Like it's minimum wage, like, like overtime hours type. type. Of yeah, because you're, you're working like 80 hours a week. Yeah. yeah. And then they tried capping it, right? Of like, all right, you can't work above 80 hours. But the thing is, if you report that, oh, I worked over 80 hours, you'll get, uh, you know, shit back at you. Oh. Mm-hmm. And you'll get punished for reporting that. Because then if your residency comes under scrutiny, you can lose accreditation. Uh, so you don't want to graduate from, and like, yeah, have your residency get fucked up. Damn. Um, and then they'll just give you more work. So it's kind of like a hazing process. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and what's wild. America. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> and what's crazy is if you, if you are, um, are asleep or, no, if you're awake for over 24 hours, right, your BAC is elevated. Yeah. Like, in, in terms of an equivalency. Yeah. Might um, as well take a shot on. So, <laughs> so elevated low. So, like if you if you drive a car, right, and like uh, you get hit with a DUI if you you know are awake for twenty four yeah, hours, yeah. you're yeah. So you can't operate a vehicle if you've been awake for over twenty four hours. Damn. But taking care but, of a person, but you can but you can perform surgery if That's you've been awake insane. for twenty four hours. Which what happens to those um those um, surgeries that take more than twenty? What well, I've never actually thought about that. That's a good question. I mean, I've never been inside the OR, so my knowledge is limited uh, on that, but. Um, at that point, you probably have because it's usually still that one surgeon, right? I mean, the one big time surgeon will will be there oh. throughout. You might have residents kind of like hop in oh, and out, okay. uh, but I'm not the best person to ask about the surgeon because oh, okay. I've never been inside the OR like that. Um, but yeah, so those are my fears about it. You know, just being there for patients and you know not uh, making the wrong decisions. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.
Hopefully everything goes well. No, we'll see. I, I mean, so. We'll so are see. you excited as well for your red and yeah. presents? I think I'm excited. Yeah, because it's going to be cool. Like, applying everything and finally being able to take care of people like that. Because you've had a little bit on, um, like, inside of how it's going to be, right? You think you did a little mm. little something already? Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've had mentor physicians and everything. Um, and they've been extremely, you know, amazing, wonderful. Um, definitely wouldn't be here without them. Because um, you kind of need a mentor for all that. Um but yeah, it's it's definitely exciting. It's definitely, you know, it's almost like a marathon where like you've been running for so long and it's like there's a finish line like somewhere in Finally, the distance. After years, because I know doctors take so long. I know. <laughs> I know some people are like, what, when are you going to graduate? And I'm like, stop asking those questions. <laughs> That's me. I'm one of those people. I forget. I don't know. my other friend, I forget how far along they're along. I know. So yeah. I'm just like, well, where are you now? How long? What, like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, um, Mo, I always forget where Mo's al on, along his track, he, too. He's, he's somewhere. Yeah. He's, somewhere. <laughs> he's doing it. Yeah. I was like, um, how do you yeah. plan on managing your personal life and like the doctor life? Because, uh, like you said, you guys are working long hours. And... Ooh, I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but right now, like my schedule is more relaxed, mm -hmm. so my 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 class schedule is kind of nice. I won't say it's like chill, but kind of. Um, and it's gonna take like you know like time budgeting. Yeah, for sure. Like I know, like by the time residency comes around, like you'll have a decision after you get off shift of okay, like do I go to the gym? Do I spend time with my significant other? Do I, you know, uh, cook my meal? Or do I, like, Just go out? home and sleep. <laughs> or, yeah, or, or take care of errands and, and stuff like yeah, that. Like, yeah. things you've neglected. Yeah. So you'll have to make those decisions. Um, like, all right, what do I do? What do I prioritize? Um, so that's what I'm trying to kind of... Trying to enjoy, like, the time right now. Mm -hmm. Before, like, all that happens. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, time. Yeah. Do you have a girlfriend now, or what's the other, <laughs> other um, no. person of interest? I, I I have a partner right now. Oh, okay. oh shit! <laughs> news to me. Shit. <laughs> news to me. So um. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Do um, you think you be able to manage the relationship part of it and also be a doctor, or? We'll see. I mean, honestly, I think, I think. If you if a partner if you if someone has a partner in medicine and they themselves are not in medicine that is extremely taxing on them yeah because at that point like the priority for the person in medicine is their patients and yeah. everything else um, at that point you give all of yourself to these people you're taking care of and then so like at the end of the day like what bit you have you know it's, you want to give to yourself at least yeah like they see the worst part of a doctor yeah and if they're okay with that and if they're you know accepting and present then yeah it could work but is that something you thought about before you like you got in your in your relationship yeah well I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> relationship. or i don't know if it's a relationship but like, like when you're at, let's say when you're dating somebody yeah um no it is something to think about because um you know yeah you don't want to put someone through that yeah and then you know if you meet them when you have more free time um it can be a lot if you know now you're seeing each other and then then you switch to the clinic where now like it's not this free schedule it's, yeah. it's like this is real so it's something i think about um and also like i want to be there for my friends family too yeah not just like the scene of another but um yeah like that's that's hard too. trying to balance that like being present yeah. and seeing them 
Um, Dame's telling me you have some wild thoughts on marriage. So what are you? Oh, we're going to marriage. Yeah. No, no, no. Let's hear No, no, no. I don't know what Danny was talking about. Um, I, I think. <laughs> no, no. I think, you know, I think marriage can be can be worth it. If, yeah, I think if you find the right person, then you know it could be a beautiful thing. But I, no, 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 <laughs> but, like no, no, but, no, but, no, but, no, but, no, but, no, I've, I've evolved on some issues <laughs> or our topics, I should say, topics, <laughs> and marriage is one of them. Yeah, you know, you know, you, you grow older, you think about yeah. some things. Yeah, but what it, were your old opinions? Marriage. <laughs> good question. I mean, I think in the past I was like, oh, like you know. Um, like it'll take a while for you to find the right person. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, like, what are the pros cons? But well, what do you think? What do you thoughts on it? Taxes. Yeah, I mean, I've realized like obviously a relationship is more of like a, like a, I guess a love thing. But like marriage, I realize is much more of like a business and financial thing. <laughs> Whereas oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. I want to get a house. Yeah, going in as a as a single person is gonna be tough to get a crib. But if you're going in with somebody else with their own paycheck, their own career, so okay, yeah, now they'll get you whatever you want to get. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I guess I do understand like the value of marriage, but it's definitely like, oh yeah, this is not really about love. It's definitely more of a financial thing. <laughs> there, there, yeah, there's elements of both where yeah, you get the tax benefits and yeah. everything. Well, Danny, what do you think? Me, marriage? Yeah. I don't even know no more. <laughs> do you believe in marriage, Danny? I do. I do. But nowadays, the, the with the divorce rate, it's like, yeah. is it that people are jumping into them way too quick? Or is it just that, it happens. Like, what, happens. what changes? Like, what is the cause divorce rate? Is I, I really high. think like, is that, like, that? people change. And I don't think people realize that. So when their partner starts to change, they're like, what the fuck is going on? And so a lot of people, I feel like, become complacent in their life so like when they see change happening they feel uncomfortable and they're like you know what i'm out <laughs> i think one important thing though with the like you said like the marriage rates the divorce rates right yeah. like i'd be curious if um you take the divorce rates by age because i'm sure mm. below 25 is probably a lot higher oh for sure above 25 i'm or above 30 even probably you know a lot lower so i wonder if that data is skewed i'd say if anything our parents age and above is probably like you see yeah. lower rates and then below that it's like because yeah at that point it's like are you people just jumping into them too quick yeah is yeah. it that they're infatuated with the thought of it and then once they're in it they're like oh it's not yeah. really what i thought yeah. especially social media it gives you this image of what a partnership should oh, be yeah, these sure. weddings is fucking it's crazy nowadays yeah and so, i don't know yeah like, i definitely think people should get married above 25 because if people are marrying like below that, like your prefrontal cortex isn't even formed. <laughs> That's facts. Like, That's true. And you don't even, you know, you're still figuring and your out life who you ain't are. even isn't even put together no, yet. Is. Yeah. Probably still student before twenty five. Yeah. 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 So this fucking. Yeah. So I think you know, I you know, we could look that up after. I'm sure, like, we'll see like a yeah. good breakdown. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you guys think it? I don't know. I don't know if it's like just our generation, but I feel like a lot of girls are like they don't want to be parents. They don't want to have kids, and like. I'm wondering where is that coming from? Cause like I feel like in previous generations, like they were like, oh no, like you want to start a family. Like, that was the whole goal of life in a way. It was like starting it's a harder family. nowadays. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the expense. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think one element of that is you know back like 1950s America before, um, like you know there was the idea of the nuclear family that like for a woman to be successful it was you know being the mother that, and yeah. everything. And now like more women are going to education, getting a degree, working. Um, and it is hard to have a job and then have a kid also. Yeah. So in a way, it's like them putting themselves first, I think. 
um, but it's this balance of, you know, this type of autonomy that now is, I guess, being embraced by society versus, you know, the biology of, okay, like, you know, having a kid and um, all the stress and tax and like how taxing that could be. Um, I think a lot of people are, are like pressed between the two. Like, how yeah, do I balance no, it? No, for sure. Um, but I do know, I know like a good mix of people who have like, you know, the spread of opinions on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot more people, I think, were going having kids. Also, yeah. it's, it's expensive. Yeah. It is yeah. Expensive. <laughs> daycare is fucking. That's just like college prices. Yeah, my mom was a daycare. She really? be in bank, bro. Yeah, it's just like college prices nowadays. Don't yeah. talk to his mom. <laughs> I yeah, look if it you up. need a daycare service, hit me up. Yeah, she hooks it up. It's like you get five percent off. <laughs> yeah, and then at that point, like if both parents are working, I imagine that like a big chunk of that paycheck of whatever you know they're earning with some like the other partner's job going towards the daycare and yeah, diapers. Yeah. And, Yep. Yep. And I know, like, now, which is smart, is, like, parents are going to try and put their kids into good programs, yeah. private yeah. schools. Some after schools are, like, private, so that costs. And it's like, fuck. And when yeah. we're working inside of, like, childcare and working within a school, like, you can see, like, even in schools, they're, like, trying to make it, like, you know, we're going to do everything we can to help the parents out. Like, it's, like, obviously, we're going to give the kids the education, but it's also, like, we're going to teach them other stuff, too, just so, like, the parents don't have that burden when they get home because they all have to work and do their careers and stuff like that, so. Yeah. What do you think? Because um, so, I, like, I'm not familiar with the like childcare like realm at all. Like, what do you think more like some people don't know about that, or some misconceptions about that? Um, I think it's I think a lot of people have like that memory of like that one mean teacher, and that's their whole view on school. <laughs> but like now that I'm in the shoes of like being like the 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 authority figure in the classroom or being the teacher in the classroom is like i'm realizing like oh like not only that our teachers are humans and they're regular people yeah. but it's also like oh yeah like middle school kids are annoying and like you just think you know everything so you're just gonna always gonna have an attitude always think you're right and i think i don't know i, I don't think there's too many misconceptions because like like i said like i think schools mm -hmm. are being more open with the parents and having more fluid conversations with everybody but uh, i don't know like it's I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Do you have any misconceptions? No, you maybe misconceptions is a bad word on my part. Like, I, I think it's just that it's like a black box. I'm not really familiar with, mm -hmm. like, how, how that goes. Um, There's a lot of social, emotional learning stuff that they're doing now. So it's a lot of stuff of, like, asking kids, like, really how they're doing, like, paying attention to how their moods and behaviors are, listening to certain things. Like, we, yeah. I literally have trainings every other month about, like, oh, wow. like making sure, like, okay, like, do you know, like, what what's going on with kids like any type of abuse whether it's sexual physical whatever like i was just telling danny it's a crazy situation oh, yeah. and like i'm not gonna get into it but like no, no somebody worries, my job no got like fired immediately and it was like yeah like they're like being really like damn protective over these kids wow. i like, mean i'm glad see a big change yeah. yeah um so one question i have for you actually um like one common theme i think in medicine is like the med students versus the admin or the residents and doctors versus the admin. Mm -hmm. And it's a thing of like, um, you know, the people in medicine feel like the administrations don't support them. Do you think that's a similar trend that you see with education? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's, that's why I left my last job because oh. like, the administrative side of he things. He had a big like, Oh, yeah, no. It was like, it was getting, because like, I'm a type of person, like, similar to you, like, yeah. where like, I want to like make sure the kids are having the best like, um, experience and like make yeah, sure of their course. life is, like, is good and like, as somebody, he would just care about the numbers. He was like, no, we need this amount of kids in program. So well, I'm going to do whatever we need to do to get this amount of kids in program. Oh, I was wow. like, okay, but, like, are we having fun clubs? Like, <laughs> the kids are telling me it's boring. They're like, 
Yeah, but if I give more club, that means the council got to do more work, and I don't want them to do more work. I just want to do it as, as easy as possible. But I'm like, okay, you're not going to get that number you want <laughs> if it's boring, but they're going to keep leaving early. And it was just like, oh, I no. crossed it back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be a part of yeah. this anymore, bro. Like, I'm glad you left that. Yeah, and luckily, the new job I'm at now, like, they care about the kids first. Like, everything is kids oh, that's first. Great. Like, they, there's an app called Talking Points where, like, they have, like, direct um, contact with the parents. So, like, let's say a kid gets hurt, they'll immediately text them. Like, oh, that's awesome. So and so hurts me today. This happened, and the parents were like, oh, "Okay, thank you." Da da da, and they'll do whatever. And yeah, the communication is like really, really good now. Wow, damn. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like obviously I was in middle school ten years ago, high school like seven years ago, and it was like, damn, like it's like it feels the same. Like obviously like, the way the kids behave is very much the same, but like the dynamic with the teachers and the students is much different. Wow. It's like not that they feel like friends, but we definitely treat the kids like, like kind of like a parent situation like even with the teachers and the students like all the kids come up to me and like give me a hug and oh like, that's awesome yeah it's like oh damn like, this is cool <laughs> isn't it though, like a legal uh thing where you're technically like the guard like you're at that yeah. point their guard i forgot what that's called yeah we're i guess legally they're guarded at that like, session until it, they leave program yeah like you're like you're in charge like you are like the de facto like yeah person yeah yeah that's awesome though yeah <laughs> yeah well i got a, another question about that Remember the pacer test? Yes. Oh. You, you still do that? I. It's funny. So I have to make a curric, every quarter. I have to make a new curriculum, and I thought about putting it in this <laughs> curriculum. Oh, it's not. It's not in. Nah, cause so like I just started this job, and like the first time I was like, I just want to go through the quarter and just see like how it is at first. So I was just yeah. doing like fun activities, like just random like games and shit. And then this quarter, I'm like, damn, I should implement like real fitness. <laughs> like this should feel like an actual gym class. Like, what was the point of the pacer test? No, no, it, it, it doesn't. I actually like the pacer. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I, I was a fa- I was one of the fast kids, so I actually yeah, enjoyed so, it. I, I you know what? I, I didn't mind the pacer. What I didn't like was that beep. That little oh, the, like, the beep. Yeah, there's yeah. like that beep, that annoying sound. Mm, I didn't yeah. like that. Yeah, the beep was it was really. <laughs> I high hated tone. it because like I was just like. I was on the basketball team in high school, so it was like I was doing a pacer test, and I'm like, bro, I don't need to. I'm on the basketball team, bro. Like, I don't need to be doing this. I had to run laps in like two hours. Yeah. I'm not doing this yeah. again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about it because I'm like, because especially like the, gener- the generation kids I have, a lot of them like their elementary school times was during COVID, so they're all like sitting at home and like oh, wow. these kids don't really have the motivation to go out and like play. Like, even the boys are like they're hesitant to like do Dang. physical activities wow. and stuff. Yeah, so I'm Fortnite. like, I blame Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that bro. All they talk about is Discord, Fortnite, Damn. TikTok, YouTube Shorts. That's all these kids talk about, God. bro. And wow. it's like I, I, I kind of want to get them back into that. Like, yo, like go outside and have fun. Like, like touch yeah. his grass. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. Like now, I've been doing like volleyball tasks with them. Like, just teach them how to play volleyball, teach them how to play soccer, teach them how to play basketball. But I'm like, I do think like doing like push-ups and. <laughs> All that stuff, cause like, I think especially for our generation, cause I feel like a lot of kids in our generation like go to the gym and shit. And I'm like, I think that mentality came from being in school, doing basic tests, doing yeah. all those push-ups and stuff. So like, it became like a norm to us. And I think these kids were like, Nah, I'm gonna just go home and chill, <laughs> bro. <laughs> like, there's no need wow. for me to be doing push-ups. Even the cool kids are not even athletic kids no more. Bro. Oh, like, that's like, that's what I'm like. Oh, what is going on? Are like video game players? It's the weird kids. Oh. Funny enough, like the kids that are like. They don't really care about being made fun of. Like they're just the characters of the classroom. Like, huh. like I guess the class clown or like the popular oh, okay. kids. And then like the athletic kids are just like, okay, you can jump that. I guess. <laughs> like yeah. even the smart kids are like higher up. Hey, than the like athletic that. kids, yeah, like it's that. cool. Like a lot of kids are like, oh yeah, I be coding and stuff, and I'd be like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> that's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's impressive, but it's now. also like. 
You got friends? I, I didn't know. <laughs> now he's flaming his students. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Sounds, you got to humble them. <laughs> These kids be confident. Yeah. 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 So you think COVID was a big factor in like them? For sure. Mm. Especially because I was working during COVID, like doing on Zoom shit, and like all the kids were like lazy. There were definitely <laughs> some kids that were like, I want to go outside and have fun, but like none of their friends wanted to go outside and have fun. So they were just um, like stuck in a crib, man. I was like, damn, like you guys really got affected. The social cues are really, really bad. Oh, no. They like, they don't know how to interact with each other. Don't know how to, like, if a new kid comes to the class, they'll come to me and be like, what's their name? I'd be like, wow. Why would you not wow. walk to the person and be like, what's your name? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> It's really, really bad. That's crazy. Yeah. How do you it's, fix that? You I mean, bully them. No, <laughs> I mean, not bully them. But bully like, not is bully. I, I joke around with them, and I would just tell them like, I'm not telling you their name. Like, if you want to talk to the girl, go talk to the girl, bro. Yeah. Like, and I just like push them because like I remember when I was a kid, that's what my parents and like my older siblings would do to me. It was just like, like why are you being scared? Like, just go do it yourself. Yeah. Like, that kind of motivated me. And like, you know what? Okay, yeah, cool. And you see, in some kids, like. Kids that have older siblings, they're like fine. Again, I guess because they have a role model at home. But yeah. the kids that are like the only child or like the oldest, they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just here. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But wow. they definitely feel way more comfortable like being on the phone or being on a computer than they are interacting like. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Damn. But I will say TikTok is helping them. Helping Ironic. Really? Yeah. Because wow. it's like. It's a hot take. Because it's like. It kind of like our generation, we were on like Facebook and shit and like just making up memes and shit. And we come to school and be like, yo, you see that? You see that? Like, they'll be in classroom. And oh, just, like, so they'll talk the about. T- yeah, yeah. Oh, all the TikTok okay, okay, memes okay. and sound stuff. They'll like do it in class. Some kid will laugh and then they'll start talking and become cool. And then you'd be like, sometimes I'll, I'll let them say like whatever ridiculous. Like, they'd be talking about Ice Spice sometimes. I'll be like, you know what? I, there's only boys in here. I know how this is. I'm going to just let y'all talk about Ice Spice for 15 minutes. I don't care, bro. So do you think. So, like, just play devil's advocate, right? So with them being on TikTok, so the videos are short, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, their attention span is So terrible. does that, do you notice them being more disruptive yes. in the classroom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like I said, like, they're, this generation is very similar to us because of how much time they spend on the internet, especially like when we mm. were in middle school, we were on Facebook and shit like that. Yeah. I can see, like, the, the similarities, but I also see, like, they can't, like, like, when they, we have homework time, right? Like, we try to have, make sure everyone's quiet so they focus on the homework. They want to have... The YouTube on to have some song playing in the background. Oh they want to talk to each other. Damn. As soon as anybody makes any type of noise, they're like, their face is changing. I'm like, oh my God, bro. So like, do they even read? Can, can they <laughs> bro, read? But no, they, it's, it's like a cool thing. Like can they read a book? Yes. It's like, it's a really cool thing because their multitasking yes. skills are like super high. But it's like, if you tell them to do but one to thing book, at one time. Comprehension. Yeah, yeah. Which, that's. Like they can read because no, they spend yeah, so I'm much sure time they know reading, how to read, but, but it's like, like yeah, the focus so to read one a thing, story and like no. <laughs> comprehended. That's sad. That's, yeah, yeah like, I'm telling them, like, telling them to do one activity is impossible. Tell them to do fifteen things, it's easy as fuck. But they won't do the fifteen the, their best. I'm guessing, right? Like they'll get it done, but I don't. Know, I haven't. I haven't tested uh, it. But I, now you said that, I'm gonna yeah, really try to test it. But I, I had like that was the best thing they could do. But they, I'm sure they. Could but like when we like when we put on like the SoFi music shit and <laughs> they're so- doing their homework, <laughs> and like some of them are talking, like you see them lock in and start doing the homework. So it's like, oh, I mean, like, LoFi be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, I'd I'd be, it seems I'd like be the more, in too. yeah, yeah. The, like the most the most shit that's going on around them, the easier it's for them to focus. It's like it's really really weird. So they they work good under pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's pressure, but I, I, I would just say they're really good at multitasking. All right. Yeah, like really good at it. Sorry, not to be interviewing you, but 
another question do you see them using like chat gpt no but they're aware of it though they are. Oh. like it's it definitely is definitely like a like ai and stuff like that is a casual conversation to them like, wow like that's what i'm saying like wow. code that's what i'm saying like the coding kids are like cool because it's like <laughs> oh you can build like a website oh shit like let me fuck with you bro <laughs> wow that's yeah. crazy that's what i'm saying like this generation is definitely smart <laughs> but it's just like focusing on one task yeah. is like that's boring though like i want to do 15 things at once <laughs> like come on challenge me bro <laughs> wow that's yeah. that is crazy yeah that is actually and like literally all their like homework stuff on a laptop so they're literally on screen oh, yeah everything's all digital day now day right long. yeah also, they bring their laptops. Sorry, like I. Nah, schools school. have schools have laptops. Like they have laptop carts in every classroom. Wow, it's yeah. kind of like. And college. then they have the smart boards. It's like screens everywhere. Like there's not Damn. even the books are like in a closet somewhere. That's crazy. Yeah. Like my elementary school and everything. Like it was like nursery through eighth grade. Mm. Like obviously like no laptops in that time. Like. Like, yeah, we had a computer lab. One yeah, computer lab. Like, we had like library time for like doing our research. Yeah. We had to go to the library and like find Yo. the books on it, and like go go to, like the computer lab and have like those big like tout like. No, then after hours. No, I was just gonna say we had to use those like big bulky computers to like yeah. our research that, like, <laughs> to load. Like they would make the sounds when you turn them on. <laughs> That's crazy. No, I was saying so. Do they carry? They don't carry big textbooks anymore. I'm guessing. Um, no, nah, not textbooks. No, Man, but like, they don't have mad notebooks and shit. But like to be honest, I don't even know why they use text uh, notebook because like everything's on Google Classroom. Oh, so like their dude. notes. There's the, Google Classroom. Yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> what is Google Classroom? I think I think they made it during the pandemic. It's basically like just like a big ass kind of like Zoom, similar, right? But yeah, well, but it's also like it's kind of like kind of like Discord in a way, where it's like oh, you can really? open up a tab and it's like math, English, whatever, and then you go and you see like whatever the the uh, class activity was, yeah. the homework is, and it's just like all there. Huh. Like, wow. It's kind of like Blackboard, I guess. Yeah, literally but, like Blackboard, but yeah, just, literally, yeah. Uh, just look, probably a little simpler because it's Google, but yeah. Oh, damn, times have changed. Damn, no, yeah, shit. different. I was bro. breaking my back carrying like three textbooks. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe in high school, I haven't seen any. I don't know what the high school kids is like, but from the sure middle school level, it's just similar. straight laptops. If anything, it'll continue following them. Yeah, like, yeah, it started yeah. with them, and I'll just keep. Yeah, going. yeah. But it wow. seems purposeful, like because before the pandemic, it seemed like only certain classes had laptops. Now it's like, oh, we went on Zoom. The kids know how to use laptops. Okay, so let's just use it in school. Damn, wow. Since to separate it. Shit. Yeah. Damn. It's a different world, bro. Damn, it is a different <laughs> world. It's a different world. How do you feel once you see, start seeing um um gen not uh, zoomer zoomer kids in the medical field? Oh. Cuz I know they're not that age yet, but yeah. in a few like 4 years they should be of age where you start seeing them. You know what I think about them? I think um I guess to like to add some positivity, right? What I've noticed with the younger generation is that they're more, um, more quick to uh, to double check resources and. Um, oh, sorry, my bad. <laughs> they're more quick to like actually fact check, mm-hmm. and so I have hope that that makes sense. That because Google's like a second nature to them. It's just like, oh, I gotta Google something cool. Yeah, but even like um, another like what I do. Let's say like let's say I see like a media outlet reporting a study. I'll go on PubMed, look it up. Mm-hmm. And I think the newer generation will do that too, especially if like they're majoring in the sciences and everything. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying so, they do it earlier on. Yeah. So well, I'm I'm saying that like their mentality is to fact check because they grew up, they're growing up in this world of you know misinformation and everything. Yeah. And so they have to. Yeah. So it's almost like a way of navigating this. And so I'd like to think that they're going to be great in spearheading a movement against misinformation, against you know things that make her that are wrong, and will speak on yeah. it. Um. So that's one of my hopes. Oh. 
Yeah. Damn. Um, sol- like, solid thought, though. What do yeah. you think? I mean, I'm not in the field, so I don't know. But... <laughs> Um, mm. I, I mean, mean on, the, on the research tip, that does make sense. Because, again, like, they're using laptops and phones yeah, all day. Yeah. They're online all day. So, like, yeah, like, they're going to have to sweep through that misinformation and be like, okay, what is real, what is not. So, yeah, that makes a lot of, of sense. Um, and I think that's why schools are so comfortable with laptops, giving the kids laptops now. Because it's like, okay, like, they're going it's to, it's a necessity for them to learn the yeah. and learning how to function on a computer. Um, but one thing with like people who were using like Zoom and everything, let's say pandemic, there were a lot of med students who had to do anatomy lab on like on like an app. Aww. So like I was lucky, I you know got the full experience yeah. of we have our donor who um, you know our anatomy lab. We have all these people who donate their lives um, posthumously to for us to study. So like we've actually dissected everything and learned that way. Um, and I can't imagine learning. new generations on a fucking iPad. <laughs> well, I think now that COVID's over, like, they'll go yeah, back yeah. to that. But the ones during COVID, I can't imagine, like, learning, like, Damn. never, you know, cutting open and seeing the anatomy with your hands and feeling it. Yeah. You know? um, so that's, I don't know how that's going to go. So we'll <laughs> I went on TikTok and searched up some weird doctor stuff. Oh, yeah. It's been a minute since I watched one of these videos, but I know this first one's a little weird. So I want to know how you're going to handle this situation as a doctor. All right, we'll see, we'll see. Every doctor has a patient encounter or two that they will remember for the rest of their lives. Something that even years later they think about randomly. For me, I think it was the time a guy came in claiming to have a crack pipe stuck in his butt. I did a rectal exam and there was nothing there. I even put a scope in his butt to look deeper and still no crack pipe. He knew there was no crack pipe stuck in his butt, but he left the emergency department with the smile on his face that he was looking for. Sometimes all I think about is you. How you yeah. in <laughs> well, what I do in that situation? I mean, you know, this this goes into like uh, a question of like, you know, uh, you're you're trusting the patients and you tr- take them at their word for everything. And you know, if someone says it's there and then you know you get like imaging done, there's clearly nothing there. Yeah. Um, it's like okay, this guy just wasted all my time, <laughs> which is unfortunate because. People like that, like, go in, you know, maybe they need, like, uh, like mental health evaluations, yeah. but they're also taking away a bed from someone who might really need it. Yeah. So I think in, if I were that in that position, I think, you know, like, haha, okay. Like, <laughs> you know, in that aspect. But also it's, like, the frustration of, you know, wasting my time and yeah, wasting time for someone who might have an urgent need yeah. um, that they need care. Um, but I think that's the, you know, another, you know, a problem with emergency medicine right now is that, a lot of people are using them as uh, primary care offices and just going in for prescription refills. Yeah. And, you know, that's why there's a big burnout rate for um, the emergency medicine doctors. Um, but because you see everything from like from like that, like people like clowning around, <laughs> like people actually, you know, having a heart attack or stroke. Yeah. yeah. Or like um, a re- injury something. Yeah. 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 Like the most common reason for um, like emergency medicine visit right now in America is you know congestive heart failure. Oh, so people come in short of breath, can't really breathe. Um, they got the pain in their chest and everything. Um, so you have everything from that to like you know from like that. <laughs> right. how, how does that even happen? If, <laughs> if they were there, how the fuck you'd be surprised. <laughs> That's a wild wow. boy, bro. Did someone yeah. do it? Did you do it? He was on crack. He got crazy. Yeah. He got where he was. He sat on it. Damn. He was like, ah. ah. He's yeah. like, oh, wait, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. He's stuck up there. <laughs> I just sat on it. Yeah. Oh, uh, you said you went to go into trust. Of oh, yeah. Doctors. I saw, like, you had some yeah, questions yeah. about, like, the pay- the physician trust and everything like that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. What was the question? Got 
I think it was should you trust all doctors? Do oh you yeah, think all so, doctors are trustworthy. <laughs> it's a heavy question, a valid question. Yes. Um, should we? Tr- yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of reasons to not trust. You know that in different wow, fields. That's a real ass answer. Bro. No, there. I mean, <laughs> for heard stories and just makes me not trust. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> just like, not like historically, let's say psychiatry. Um, in the early days of psychiatry, they were, you know. Um, messing up people's frontal lobes so people were hysterical yeah. uh, or they claimed Crazy. to be hysterical um, and it was really horrendous or even like early dermatology books for skin lesions they're all done on white skin and so oh, yeah, that's problematic so yeah um, and so then you have these people uh, how do you identify these lesions yeah. if your reference point There's is only on one, one skin color because yeah. um, those can manifest differently um, or even like uh for managing pain, let's say if someone's a person of color, if someone's clinic of pain, they might be like, oh, they're just exaggerating, they just want like drugs. And so there are, you know, pockets of the country where, you know, physicians, healthcare providers may not take that as seriously, may dampen that response, which is terrible. But I do think the new education going on now um, really focuses on- like, Yeah, I was gonna ask, like, is that a priority now? Oh yeah, it's it, like my class, classrooms around the country, it's, you know, I think they're doing a good job at um, making awareness about that, about like what was done in the past, the the cases. Bro, America in the past. really changing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, going damn, shit, bro. Nah. No, pro- <laughs> yeah, progress done slowly. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're if you are seeing a physician, you're worried about your health, and let's say you're paying or or not paying, like you're spending your time to go. Um, I think it should be a base level of trust, but it's on the provider to build that trust with you. Yeah. Um, and it's also context dependent because. Let's say, like, it's a regular doctor. It's on them to build the trust. But then it goes back to, like, what I was saying about the residents, where if you're in the hospital and you have a resident, I may trust that resident as a person, as, like, a, their, like a care provider. But if they're sleep-deprived, do I trust their decisions? Yeah. So I would say form a base level of trust, but really be an advocate for yourself. What do you think are good traits to have as a, as a doctor? Ooh, like, Ooh, I th- like, oh, if you're the patient? Yeah. yeah. I guess I, you can do it from both ends. Well, I think if, as a, for a patient, um, if you feel hurt, like if you feel like they're listening to you, or if they're just like on their screen, like typing the notes, which that's like a separate issue, but mm. um, like, are they taking time to listen to your concerns and, you know, like not water down anything you're saying? Just really take it seriously. Yeah. Um, and trust your gut too. I mean, if you feel like, you know, something might be going on and their mind is elsewhere, get a second opinion um, and really be an advocate for yourself. I think that's important um, because if you don't, you know, if you say, oh, like um, you could say, oh, why not this test or um, why not this treatment or what happens if, what happens if I don't do anything? What happens if I don't take it? Um, if I feel fine, does that mean I am fine? Or, you know, what can I expect in a month, two months or what are the side effects of these medications, etc.? cetera? Um, yeah. What, how do you think the the internet is affecting the medical field because like there's a lot of like people like there's like memes of people being like oh i'm feeling sick let me just google my symptoms trying to figure out or even on youtube like there's hella doctors on youtube just saying information so like yeah it's a it's a lot um in one way i think it's good because you know um the the patient can then you know see their things and if they want to bring it to me or another provider um, you know, I'm happy to talk through and like, okay, this is why this may not be correct or, you know, there's nuance here. Um, at the same time, it could be maybe have a negative effect because then, you know, they get worried, <laughs> everything, or, um, 
you know, they might think like they're right, I'm wrong, yeah. which it's like, okay, well, we can address that <laughs> separately. Um, but I think it's important regardless if they find information on WebMD, on Google, that, you know, whoever's taking care of them, they listen to them. Because um, they're coming from a place of care for their health. Yeah. And I think it's important to, for the provider to, you know, kind of say like, okay, this is not just me telling you what to do, but this is an alliance between you and I. We're, we are making a decision about your health. And so it's not just one-sided. It's This is a collaborative effort. Experience, yeah. And I think that would help, you know, people coming in with like, WebMD results and we all work out right, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's good and bad, I think. Man, this is <laughs> wild. New generation, bro. We're yeah. good, Danny. I don't know. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I've heard stories. I don't trust them. <laughs> like, like what? Like what? Want to talk about that? Uh, I mean, I have a co-worker who used to be a nurse and she was telling me her old, like, from her personal experience of seeing other nurses is, she's like, bro, it's a fucking shit show. <laughs> On, in the floor, like in their personal life? On the floor. Like, like the mm. actual... She used to work, I think, some night shifts too. So she likes day shifts and night shifts. She seen mm. both. Yeah, and it's fucking. <laughs> it's, some people could have died. Like, yeah, me well, and Danny, we were talking about it. We were like, there's a lot of girls from like high school, like the pretty girls from high school, that are becoming nurses now. <laughs> oh, and yeah. it's like, I don't know, man. You was failing science. I don't know if I want to <laughs> see you be a nurse. I've heard stories. I, I, I don't trust. The, <laughs> I, I lose trust everything. Yeah. Well, I'm like, you eating Takis in the morning. I don't know if I should trust your opinion. I have a question for y'all. Do you think doctors should trust all patients? In what aspect? I don't know. The crackhead, the crack <laughs> pipe. What, what, what aspect, though? Like, what I'm saying are my symptoms or, or, or that don't, I'm good? Almost like, yeah, like what they say at face value. Are they, are they being like, honest uh, when they come like, in? Except what they say at face value. Uh, I'd say to a certain extent, you know. I'd say when it comes to injuries, probably not because, mm. you know, I feel like Injuries, people usually downplay them. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, when I had a cut, I had a deep <laughs> cut once. I wanted to get a stitch. They asked me what happened. I just said I was just climbing the fence then and it cut me. I was drunk as shit. <laughs> There's a lot more. <laughs> yanked my hand on the fucking fence in it. But I was like, oh, no. I was just like playing around and just climbing. Then. Yeah. And then it, it could go with like domestic abuse. They might downplay that. So I would say to a certain extent. Yeah. Especially more with injuries, yeah. Definitely important to, you know, try and, like, be honest with the, the doctors, yeah, yeah. too, because... I wasn't lying. No, no, I know, I know. <laughs> but let's say if someone, like, kind of lied and said, you know, it wasn't a fence, but it, let's say it was, like, you know, a tree or something, yeah. because the what what material came in contact oh, with... Yeah, that matters yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I said it was metal, because oh, I was yeah. scared. It was, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was my whole reason. I was, <laughs> was going to let it close on its own, but then my aunt scared me with tendinitis. Uh, I was like, ah. Uh, you know ah, what? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go. Yeah. So I got my the shot yeah. and stitched up. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm glad you're okay. Oh, no, yeah, that was years ago. No scar? Uh, faint. I don't know if you can see well, it. I can't even see that. Yeah, yeah it's faint. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah nah, <laughs> I wouldn't trust all patients. <laughs> yeah, yeah do they train you guys to, like, obviously not to decipher if they're lying to you, but, like, to be, like, well, is there further question you have to do to make sure you get all the information you can? There's, like, you know, there's stories and everything, like, yeah, like, take patients at the word, but also, like, trust but verify. Because mm. if they're saying, like, like, no, I, I didn't take any drugs, but then the urinalysis is positive for, like, cocaine and everything. It's <laughs> like, okay. I have okay. a friend works as a, at a spinal spinal surgeon. Yeah. Um, and they do tests before they do the surgery. Well, the patients be, uh, say that, no, they have, they've been clean for, and then the test comes back. They just did, there like, coke is. the day before. And it's like, why there it is. you want to die on the yeah. operating right? Because <laughs> t- also, too, like, with the, like, let's say you're going for surgery. Yeah. The anesthesiologist makes your... Own yeah. ad- like a custom cocktail for your anesthetic, right? And 
if you have other things in your system and you lied about it, like <laughs> that can affect how the anesthesia works, which puts your life in danger because the anesthesiologist basically brings you to death's door mm. and he's or she or they are controlling your heart rate, your breathing, your bodily functions. Um, they're keeping you stable. Yeah. Um, or even something simple like the patients when like they can't eat before surgery. Mm. And the reason being is that um, the anesthesiologist basically intubates you because or you know they're they intubate you and they're breathing for you and if you have content in your stomach you can then aspirate that up and choke and oh. die um and that, then that'll get in the way of your airway and everything yeah, yeah. um so even something simple like did you eat before the surgery That's really and weird. someone says no 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 like I'm, I'm i'm good but they had like a little snack like that matders <sighs> Good ass breakfast too. Don't trust patients. Well, so, have, have some trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust, trust but verify. When that test result comes back, it's like <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't truthful. Yeah. Do you know what a pigostat is? A what? Pigostat. Pig, I do not. Pigostat. Pigostat. I do not know what that is. <laughs> I feel like you've seen it. Let's see. I've seen this it before. Let me take a picture. Oh, oh. <laughs> Educational purposes. There we go. It's true. Doctors love squishing babies into <laughs> weird objects. If you thought the Pigostat looked like a medieval torture device, oh, you haven't seen like the octagonal guy. infant mobilizer or the Pedia poser, clearly inspired by Hollywood, or the child hugger, aka Bro, the infant painter. <laughs> babies and toddlers are not known for staying still more than a couple of seconds, even for Peppa Pig. It's not safe or practical to hold a child during a procedure. Trapping kids so they don't wiggle around might look scary or piss them off, but it saves <laughs> the healthcare worker and the babies from repeat imaging and excess radiation. You probably didn't notice, but they have little baby seats. Think of it as a boring stationary <laughs> Nah, I've seen that before. That's it's kind of funny. <laughs> have you ever, yeah, is that uh, like a like a like a joke in the in the office? Well, the so I've so because I'm still in the classroom, I haven't like rotated oh, through uh, yeah. like that. Um, so I'm still like. I'm at the talent of being a preclinical student. Mm. Um, and then July 1st when I start the hospital. Um, but if I see that, I'll think of y'all and I'll be like, <laughs> That's <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah. When I saw it, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a lot. It's, it takes a special, you know, kind of person, like, you know, work with kids' eyes, you know. Yeah. But, um, sure. but yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's a lot for the kid. Like, they're like, all trapped and everything. Like, it's going be stressful. <laughs> and the parents want to see their kids stressed either. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, kind of cute though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got two more uh, anesthesia oh, yeah, sure. videos. Oh, right. <laughs> Just this one? Uh, yeah. Right. Oh. Oh. Yes! Oh my god! Why, ladies? Calm down! <laughs> Jesus is in the corner of me. <laughs> 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 Yo, 
that's my buddy. <laughs> I, I didn't see the second one. I, only I saw wasn't that. expecting to see that. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, the, an- the the anesthesia, you know, that's strong. It's some strong yeah. stuff. I got knocked out. High keep, one of the best highs. <laughs> when I woke up, holy shit. I, I had it when I was a little kid because they had. I went to the dentist. They had to take teeth out. Oh, and they same for me. Under, yeah. Bruh. <laughs> but I don't remember being like that, though. That's the only yeah. thing. Well, I, I definitely remember. wasn't like that. I, I was, I'm a quiet Mm-hmm. Person, I remember like they were like, "All right, we're gonna put the mask on," and I was like, okay. And I woke up and I was like, "Wait, what the fuck just oh, happened?" Oh, yeah, it's it's a lot. Like, what what's going on? Like, for the the anesthesia perspective, again, like my knowledge and understanding limited, but like they're giving you a lot of lot of things. Really, like the the inhalational stuff where they um, you know they mix oxygen with um, some gases to help like ease you in. Uh, some like what they call induction agents, like help induce the anesthesia, like propofol. Um, you might get hit with ketamine, fentanyl. Oh, shit. Yeah, like it's lit. <laughs> bro, I won't. No, that was one of the best highs to this date. <laughs> don't go. So, to this date. Full disclosure: don't don't support getting high off <laughs> anesthetics. But, um, but yeah, but if you gotta do it, do it. Yeah, they, <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, they give you uh, custom cocktails that have like fentanyl, ketamine. Damn, um, bro. Some strong things. Some. Like, I was six. I was <laughs> going crazy. To enjoy it no, no, I didn't. I was in high school. I, I remember. Uh, so it happened twice because they had to do like two different times in my face. And like, the first time I woke up like halfway through, and they were like, "Okay, we gotta put you." <laughs> but like I woke up, and then they were like, "Oh, you're awake. Are you okay?" And I was like, "What's happening?" They were like, "Don't worry about it." Is that normal, by the way? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Waking um, up? like waking up like during the procedure. I don't know if it's normal or not, but. Um, I think it was because I was little. I think they didn't want to give me too much, so they probably just didn't give me enough that first time. Because the second time, I was out the whole time. But but there are, what is crazy about that is, you know, one thing you give to the patient the cocktail is um, their their paralytics. Let's say sustenocholine, uh, rocuronium, um, where they paralyze you. And you are effectively paralyzed. And that's why they have to breathe for you. Because uh, your diaphragm is now paralyzed, also. Oh. So, but then it's the, if <laughs> the, the patient wakes up. <laughs> yeah, but it's the thing like, if the patient wakes up, how do you know if since they're paralyzed? Mm-hmm. Which it's like a whole. Oh, I've heard. I think like where they, they're conscious, but. Yeah, so that's an under. important thing. It, it does happen from time to time, but that's why it's important to you know advocate for yourself. You know, talk to your anesthesiologist. You um, go, mmm. <laughs> here. No, but before, before the, you know, before the operation, you know, and like establish that that relationship with the anesthesiologist yeah. and your concerns, um, and you know, talk to him, her, they about it. I think uh, I ate that first time too. I was taking some chances. <laughs> yeah, it can be scary. Yeah. Um, super wild. Yeah. Um, anything you're excited to do as a doctor? Ooh, um, <laughs> half my debt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think, you know, finally being out of, like, the rat race will be fun. Mm-hmm. And, like, finally being able to do what I want. Um, you know, like, I think it's weird, like, the perspective of someone in med school, they have friends outside med school, you know, who might be software engineers. I won't name names. <laughs> um, I, have, I have friends like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know somebody. Yeah. I know, and, like, you see them, they're, like, you know, like, living their life, and then you're, like, kind of stuck in the library or whatever. Yeah, free time. Yeah. <laughs> free weekend. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they and, travel a lot. Exactly. Crazy. I know. Um, There's a reason I dropped out of pharmacy. <laughs> it's not for me. It's not my, my life. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, uh, like, there will be light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, looking forward to that. Looking forward to like treating patients. Looking forward to you know, uh, 
I don't know, just do what I want. So how how long how much time do you still have left? Oh, I, I no. always forget. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, my graduate May twenty twenty six. Oh, okay. So that's when I graduate, and then depending on my residency, I'll start that July. Okay. July first, like the like like the date yeah. of like when all the new interns start. Twenty twenty six isn't that far away now. Yeah. So yeah. I'll do like a month of my core, I, no, a year of my core rotations of like rotating through OB/GYN, psychiatry, surgery, a um, sure. bunch of stuff, and then the fourth year will be spent for like electives and you know what I want to focus on. Oh. Um, but yeah, that'll be crazy for whatever you know I apply to. Okay. Um, so luck. TBD. So in total, two years left of like like undergrad med school, um, and then because they refer to med school as like undergraduate medical education, and then mm. even though it's kind of like grad school, yeah. Um, and get, then afterwards, it's graduate medical education with the residencies. So if I do the shortest residency, which is like one year internship, three years residency, that's four. So I have six years left minimum of when I am independent. This guy, God. Yeah. <laughs> did, when you first started, like, how did you become accustomed to like that grind? Because it's like this is a long ass journey you're gonna be on. So how did you get through that? Like, uh, I got ten more years to go. You know what it is? I it's got six more years. It's to like go. there's nothing. I think if you really want to do something and you like, you know what you're getting yourself into. I feel that. Like, the grind is worth it because if you have your eye on your prize. Like, there must exist a path to get what you want in this yeah. life. And so, like, for your vision of what you want in life, it, the grind it will be worth it. Um, and it's crazy. I had a mentor. Um, he was telling me that we were talking about, like, people who got rejected from, you know, their first time applying to med school, which happens a lot. And, like, he said, yeah, you have to be willing to crawl on broken glass. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it is a large chunk of your life. And yeah. you're, you're paying with time and a lot of money. Um, but I think it'll be worth it because right now I'm enjoying where I'm going. Um, but yeah, like I wouldn't do anything differently. Do you want to practice in America or do you want to travel different places? Um, I think I want to practice in the States. Yeah. Like I would love to do the medical mission trips and everything. Mm. Like I have one professor, uh, who actually, he's been going to Ukraine to teach how to like do oh, emergency wow. medicine, like in, oh. in, in the field. Shout out Is that to what him. he teaches? He teaches physiology. Oh. Um, but yeah, like I would love to go and, you know, like share what I've learned with other people. I think that'd be great. And, you know, it's also like giving back in a way that's like, like I'm not gonna be making money off of this. It's just, it, now it's like, you know, what I wanna do, like it's just pure care coming through. Yeah, so. do you think capitalism has that much of an effect on the medical field? Or do you know, I mean, I don't want you to say names obviously, no, but no, do no. you think there's people that are just, like, just trying to do like financial gains? I think that there are, there yeah, in any profession, there's people doing it for purely financial gains, but they're the most miserable. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I think capitalism has affected healthcare because look at insurance companies. Yeah. Like, for instance, let's say you book a psychiatry appointment. Um, it's the insurance company pays more for medication management, not psychotherapy, the talk therapy. Wow. So, like, if there's a psychiatrist who, you know, has an insurance-based practice, the reimbursement rates will be better if they're you know, dishing out medications versus talking with you through these problems. That's fucked. Um, but some things do require medication management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, and neuropharmacology is like a nuanced thing, but, like, I think it'd be nice to have that talk therapy aspect. But that's why you see the rise of cash-based uh, psychiatry mm -hmm. places, because they can now practice as they want. Talk therapy, you need that? Sure. 
Like they they don't have to like, you know, worry about reimbursement rates yeah, or something yeah. like that. Um, and then you see like these big healthcare enterprises and private equity kind of buying up private practices. So it's pushing doctors out, um, and that's capitalism based. It's leading to profit based medicine where um, patient safety comes first and profits come first. And I know a lot of doctors hate that. It's it's terrible and it's like a growing trend. Like you know, like the Northwell things you see popping up, like they're eating up little private practices. And then if the doctor doesn't go, they'll ice them out of the referral network. Now you won't get referred patients. That's insane. So you lose your autonomy and now you're beholden to these, you know, like regulations and rules. That's crazy. So there has to be a way for doctors to start, you know, unionizing to buy back these practices, buy back, you know, um, ways of practicing healthcare that are not profit driven. Because I would like to think most doctors despise profit-driven medicine because it puts patients at risk. Yeah. That's so crazy. I know. Like, there was, I think, a hospital in Florida that, um, I forgot the name. They, I think, got rid of their anesthesiologist for, you know, save money. And lo and behold, like, you know, error rates... Complications are allowed to do that. (laughs) They started gutting the anesthesiology department. Uh, They're like, we know how to use the machine. Yeah, Yeah. we need you. Well, they they would have like like they would have like nurse anesthetists kind of you know start doing things. Which full respect to them, they you know they do a lot. But you know now you're lacking specialists. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so profit profit driven things have definitely influenced a lot in the country, but. As a flip side, just like food for thought, you know, plain devil's advocate, right? In the States, it takes over a million dollars to bring a drug to market. So if you have such a high expense to bring new medications out, how do you pay for it? By increasing costs. And that cost is now revenue for the pharma companies. So in America, there's a incentive to develop new products and technologies and drugs. So that's why all the innovation is here because there's that incentive at the end of the tunnel. But the problem is now who pays for that at the end? It can be people who can't afford it. Yeah, I'm like us. So it's like a, a positive feedback loop of, yeah. even though the innovation's here, and this is what's driving it, how is it paid for? Yeah. And there are government programs, like the NIH can give grants like up to over a million dollars for a new drug if you want to do it. Um, but you know, like it's expensive. And I know drugs take years. Yeah. yeah, I know. I think Mark Cuban's coming out. I don't know if it's out yet, but I know he's having this thing where he's like he's trying to make certain medicines a lot more affordable. So it's like, yeah, people are definitely working towards making it affordable, which is a really good sign. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean everything has like a trade-off. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Those are my two cents on it. There's good things, but also you know things where things become muddled and poisoned. But yeah. Um, I want to end on a positive. No, right, I mean, we can, we can, we can go I'm positive. trying to think. Go um, positive. Let's see. Any other questions? I, I can make a positive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I used all my questions. Oh, um, all right. Ready? I'll, I'll, I could go on a positive. Let right. me hear. Um, uh, Ooh, actually. I, well, no. no, if you have a no, story. No, no, no. I, wait. I, say what you're going to say. Say what you're um, going to say. Like, what, was, what was your best moments, I guess, so far? Ooh. <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. (laughs) My best moments. Hmm. One meeting, I think, friends that I'll have for a lifetime. Nice. Yeah. That's always the best. Um, Yeah, I know, like, they'll be with me for a while. So, and you kind of need, like, your 
you know your your people with you yeah you know um and just building like insane memories like with these people like because this is like a type of experience that like you know like got to be like and it's like really understand it yeah. in a way um but so far there's no like my like core group of friends there's no one else i'd want like beside me in the journey um and in terms of like academically best moment oh sorry sorry <laughs> academically Thanks, best moment was probably a year ago where on our donor we were doing neuroanatomy and we were doing head like head and neck and we like we already dissected the skin everything um the muscles which are super thin um and we were taking out the brain and so we had to use a bone saw to cut the skull take the skull off um whole cap yeah Oh shit! No uh, cap. <laughs> <laughs> That's the smell of the smell of bones. The smell of doing that, by the way, is terrible. Well, the bone itself, or the like meat when you're or using the, the bone flesh? saw. Oh, really? it smells like Doritos. Wait, um, <laughs> wait. Yeah. A, I don't know if I want to correlate. <laughs> Doritos smell with the Yo, that's meat. really funny. It smells, it smells like Doritos. Yeah, like the red cheese, nacho cheese. Yeah, a little bit like the the red, like original. All right, I'm saying Cool Ranch. It's an odd. It's an odd. Nachos. It's an odd smell. You just be like, it smells bad. Like it smells like Doritos, but like made bad. Like, oh, see, I'm a cool it smells like guy. burning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so me and my my anatomy lab group. A, sm a small amount of us, we had to take out the brain. And, you know, we're about to hold this guy's memories um, and his whole life in our hands. Oh my God. And so... The do, you, do you know how, about how much the brain weighs? Or is there I, an average I, weight? Yeah, I think it's what... Uh, don't quote me, but it might be five pounds with water. It's going to be on the test. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think... Five pounds with water. I think, yeah, water-based, I think five pounds. Oh. What's that one? Did that one have... Water? It's all know. dehydrated, oh, so it, okay. they've been embalmed with uh, formaldehyde, oh, okay, okay. Um, which is wild, because it kind of what's crazy with formaldehyde is it uh, can um, stimulate appetite, what do you so you can start getting hungry oh, while you're oh, oh, really? while you're dissecting. Oh. Huh. Yeah, um, interesting. But, so, oh, cannibalism. No, relax, <laughs> yeah, relax, relax. relax. <laughs> um, hey, the Greeks were wild. No, oh, no, no, relax. This is how zombies start. This but, is. <laughs> But so when you have the brain, you're taking the brain out, like there's what's called the cranial nerves. So like, um, let's say your vagus nerve is a cranial nerve. It like helps, like helps you breathe basically. Mm -hmm. um, and the cranial nerves look like ropes and they feel like ropes and they tether the brain in like in the skull. Um, like you have the cranial nerves, like helping you see your optic nerve um, and everything. And they go, and they go down, let's say, this opening called like your frame and magnum and different pathways. Um, and they tether the brain in, so you have to cut the cranial nerves. And it's like cutting little ropes, which oh. is crazy. Yeah, so, like, it's crazy to think of the human body like that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like Doritos and ropes is crazy. Yeah. So like you could feel a nerve and it's like, it's 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 thick, it's hard. Oh, it's, it's like, oh. Does it have some elasticity to it? Not really. Oh, no. Nah. Oh. Like if you feel it, like it literally feels like a taut rope. Oh, really? And oh, that's why crazy. like... If, if you're having trouble discerning like a vein artery or nerve like just feel it like you can feel like how taut it is because oh. yeah um but yeah so we this had to mind-blowing information <laughs> <laughs> so so we had to you know cut the cranial nerves everything um like lifting the brain maneuvering it cut 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 and you know now we're like deep in this hole is called the frame and magnum where the nerves are going through the spine okay and so then you're kind of like in the dark trying to like Sticking there, <laughs> and with well, having, let's say, my friend and colleague like hold the brain up while like I cut the cranial nerves, and finally, like we took the brain out. And now we're just holding someone's brain, and that was like a 
insane moment because it's yeah. like now you're in a sacred space that's something that will never usually never sees yeah. the outside world oh, like shit. that is it that's is it so jelly crazy. like the brain or is it more stiff at that point it's more stiff because oh, it's been dehydrated oh, yeah, yeah. True. but usually you know on a live brain if you you know do craniotomy remove the skull and everything you can actually see it pulsate oh. it pulses although the 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 like the, like um, the like electrical current type shit or is it there's the, that but also like from your heartbeat like also, just how your heart uh, pulses like you will see like a brain pulsating oh. um bro, so when you're neutron was right <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm picturing in my head bro yeah <laughs> that's so funny and it's crazy i mean that's a whole other like different topic that i could pop off on but like yeah it's your brain's crazy has its own immune system has like a whole other world inside yeah what um, was what was one thing that kind of blew your mind when you learned it what which part the uh, i guess about any part the brain? The, yeah Ooh. so i'm kind of biased so i did my my grad school where i focused on like neuroimmunology so like how the brain's immune system works and i think the crazy part is one that um you know that makes who you are and your brain's immune cells can influence depression alzheimer's um ms like and affect your mood affect uh how you are because once the brain is inflamed, you can see things like depression. You may see things like altered mood, altered mental status. Um, and yeah, it's really crazy because you think of the brain with neurons and the circuitry. But um, yeah, it has this little immune system inside that kind of helps control everything. It's crazy. Shit is wild. Yeah. And you know, you have different parts that like help you breathe. And you know, you have different movements are stored in different places. Quick sidetrack. Like, yeah. Have you been following um, Elon's um, the Neuralink? Oh, the Neuralink? Yeah, Neuralink. Yeah, we're talking about that yeah I, I, you know what? I have. Have you read papers on it or anything? No. Here's the thing. I have yet to find. Here's my question: Why uh -huh. can't I find the public FDA application? Because uh -oh. <laughs> right now I don't. Uh -oh. I'm not familiar with what exactly it's it doing. Is. Yeah. But on any other company to making a device, there would be the public FDA application. Uh -huh. I can't find it. And I know you like reading research papers yeah. and papers like that. I know people were crying out about the uh, treatment of their monkey models. Oh, of, really? They were like, oh, like people um, trying to work with the implants were saying like they were abusing the monkeys and everything. Yeah. Oh. Um, so I'm, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Oh. He also said something like, there's neuronal response. What does that mean? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, you don't, you, you don't I know. I have no idea what that is. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a broad topic. Like my question. So it's a real term. Well, or, like, or he's just saying vague things. Well, that, that's like, it sounded vague to like, me. So right. if he's saying like, um, I, that's the thing. I don't know what the output is supposed to be for this device. Mm. But if he's just saying like, oh yeah, oh, and he said spikes, normal spikes were detected. So <laughs> he's just saying shit, bro. So this is your field. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, when he's saying spikes were detected, I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And it's like, okay, if, if they were, can you show us the data? Mm. Because the data, the pure data will not lie unless it's been tainted. Yeah. But, um, like, I, I want to know what is being done. Um, and, you know, I'd be curious to see the IRB. An IRB is Institutional Review Board. And if any other institution, if you're going to do experiments, you have an IRB for, let's say, animal models or mm -hmm. something where um, you say exactly what you're going to do. Here's how we make it safe. Here's how we mitigate everything. Um, and they have to approve your experiments. If not, you can't do them. So I'm curious what their IRB looked like to do the human but, trial. So he has to have had that. An IRB? Yeah. 
Yeah, I imagine there was some IRB shopping oh. where he tried finding an IRB like institutions like approve it. Oh, okay. Cool. But yeah, I don't know. Like, oh, I would love to see more about it, yeah. but right now it's like behind closed doors. It is. Yeah, I was gonna ask because I remember watching it was a, a Hulu series about the girl that made I forgot what it's called, but it was a thing where she was able to like put your finger in the machine, and it would like uh, prick you, and you'll like be able to like find out what your blood is, or whatever. Yeah. And I remember in like in that show, like she was being really secretive about it and was trying to do as much as possible to like advance the tech, but also have it ready to be able to show. So I yeah. wonder if he's doing the same thing of like, he's doing all the things, but it's like, he's not trying to have it too public because maybe it's not ready yet. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, people definitely do that. Try, like the term is being scooped. Yeah. You have other people take your ideas. So he could be, you know, doing that. But with something crazy, like implanting a device. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, a like, big deal. Fuck. Um, like if he could, I think he can come out and say, "Oh yeah, it's for Parkinson's, or it's for some type of like the way you walk is a gate." I like think a gate on the post it said for people with some type of disabilities. I forgot what it was exactly though. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I would definitely. Oh yeah, if you could, he has one one patient, not one human patient. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen that. If you could pull it up, like I'd be happy to comment on that. Just send it to you, Danny. <laughs> I don't know. But you could airdrop it. If yeah, let me see if I could find it real quick. No, it's not an iMessage. <laughs> no, I don't know if you saw that. that IG? I, remember, I remember me and you talked about it, but I don't remember where, though. I don't remember. Shit. The brain is very interesting, man. No, facts. You whole yeah. talk about it. Like, that's why, for me, like, if I have a kid, like, definitely saying no to, uh, you know, like, tackle football, like, in high school oh, or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> no, um, no brain injuries, no head injuries. Yeah, like a lot of football players have a uh, traumatic encephalopathy where like their is brain CT? is uh, what do you say? Is that CT or no? um it's uh like what was it? Traumatic like a traumatic encephalopathy where basically, you know, part of their brain's damaged, they have altered personality, mood. Oh, okay, okay. Um and then your microglia, the brain's immune system gets inflamed. Um but no, definitely that like so if I ever have kids like note of them playing tackle football like that in high school. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like, found it. It's really vague. Oh yeah, it's see, literally just see. saying like he implant, uh, implemented the Neuralink and the, the results are coming back good. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just that's it. That's they're, my other recovering well. That's it. what does that mean? <laughs> like I don't. They didn't die. They're alive. Like if that's their metric. Oh yeah, it's it's good. Like they're alive. You know, it's like. <laughs> That's, that's a big crazy, step, bro. They didn't bro. Die. That's a big step. Yeah, and they I guess function. so. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, I like to see like what post-operative cogn- like uh, complications could they expect and whatever. But you know, it's been radio silence. Jeez. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe this year if if they have yeah, uh, one patient already by yeah, the end of maybe. maybe. Yeah, we'll see. TBD. TBD. Yeah. Do you think technology is gonna? I don't know. Be a Positive or negative to the future? I think positive. Like, in terms of, like, AI and stuff? Yeah. I think positive. People say they're going to, like, replace doctors, whatever. But I think it can make a good, like, assistant. Like, if you have an AI assistant, um, like, I imagine for myself, like, uh, let's say if I'm, like, um, dictations, like, you know, when you speak into something, like, have notes made. If I have, like, an AI assistant, like, help me make notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, you know, I could spend more time with my patient instead of, like writing my note and charting yeah yeah um maybe like and that was also another issue from before like if you have a doctor who's just typing notes part of the reason is insurance companies for the reimbursements you know it's like a 15 minute follow-up and so in 15 minutes i have to get a rapport 
um, like hear your symptoms, hear what you have to say, what's wrong, um, talk with you about treatment plan, everything, and you know hear your concerns while also charting and documenting everything. Yeah, that's a lot going and term, on. And then I had to see the next patient soon. <laughs> so insurance companies made it so like nowadays it's moved away from the old doctor model of like you know spending more time with the patients, yeah, yeah. whatever. Like, um, and then moving towards this where everything feels kind of rushed, um, which is you know sad, but hopefully change will happen with the new technology yeah yeah any other questions for me uh, any questions for us oh mm, yeah actually so how is how has this conversation um ch- like affected you know your view on things or like this one particularly yeah yeah or if I'd, it did at all or shed light on anything i definitely have a lot more belief in it because i mm. see that like especially Comparing it to our different fields is like yeah. okay, like there's a different there's a care coming with it. Yeah, all this I do things. think you know there's similarities. Yeah, for sure. Us. And I, we definitely work together on yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I I definitely feel a lot more positive. Um, I need to get back to going to my doctor. That's, that's a struggle <laughs> that I do. Well, I gotta make my my physical visits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've dead as have not been back to the doctor since I left my pediatrics. I, I just was like, oh, I'm a donut. I'm fine. <laughs> but now having this conversation, I'm like, hey. yeah, nah, nah, I need to lock back in. There we go. Um, Want to hear a fun fact before we end things? Yeah. So when you're learning um, and like you learn new information, like your brain changes, right? Like new pa- different pathways are strengthened yeah. and everything. Um, so from before and after, if you learn something, your brain is now different than when it was an hour or two hours ago. I learned a good amount today. Shit. Yeah, I wonder how much <laughs> effect that has on the brain, especially like what effect? Sorry, I didn't catch that. And I wonder how much effect like so you know how like everybody's on social media and we're constantly getting so much yeah. new information over and over and over. I wonder, I wonder how much of of an effect that's gonna have on our brains, especially in the future. Oh yeah, I mean I have some thoughts on going to hear yeah, if we have time. Um, I think, you know, your reward and attention centers of your brain, um, I think it's your uh, ventral tegmental area in your brain, and it's dopamine driven. And I fear that, let's say kids who have TikTok and are constantly on it, where the, po- the, the videos are short, the reels are short, like, they that dopamine hit they're every... constantly like, requ- like yeah. it's reducing, it's making a habit of reducing attention span. Yeah. So that when they're in the classroom, because they're not having that stimuli, it's now it's going to like <laughs> agitation. Yeah. And I think it's inducing a type of, um, an induced ADD in kids. And that may be why you see a rise in rates. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm just speculating, but I mean, um, from my experience, I'm seeing it. So, <laughs> um, but I think you know, new studies have to be done, and that's what's required of like scientists and yeah. physicians and physician scientists. But I think it's going to alter. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Like, every time, every time. <laughs> um, but I think it's going to affect attention stat- uh, um, attention spans, um, even the blue light. So, like at nighttime, if kids are on their iPad. Um, oh, yeah. Blue light, like let's say in the daytime with the sky, that actually inhibits like melatonin release in your brain. So the blue light, that's why like, you know, there's nighttime mode on like an yeah, iPhone yeah, yeah. where it cuts the blue light so that we can help you sleep more. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I almost wonder if the constant blue light and that um, and everything will affect different pathways as their brain's developing. Yeah, it's crazy. Cause I remember when we were little, like they were like, "Oh, the internet's gonna mess up all these kids' brains." <laughs> we were all like, "No, it's not." And I was like, "Oh no, this is dead ass affecting us. It's a real problem, bro." Yeah, um, I mean, you see it socially. I mean, yeah. any behavioral things you see, there must be a neural basis. Yeah, 
So there has to be cellular or genetic or uh, epigenetic changes that are affecting that. Because even like your habits or things you encounter, your genes can be kind of turned on and off. Um, and habits can do that, you yeah. know, um, and your environment can do that. So I almost wonder, you know, what's happening there. And the issue is how do you model that in the laboratory to study it effectively? Oh, fuck. I because think that, about that. that's oh, a big fuck. problem in psych is that these things that let's say depression or whatever, or, you know, even the attention with the light and, you know, getting them like on a screen, it's hard to get like a mouse to do that. So it's really hard bringing these things into the classroom. And that's why some fields you may not see that much growth scientifically in a field mm -hmm. um, or clinically because it's so hard to model. Um, but yeah, just another two cents on that. That's really interesting, bro. Yeah. The only thing I do feel like comfortable with or like okay with, I think because we came in a generation where like we were younger, there was no, not that there was no technology, but like we lived life without technology. I we, think we, we were at the start of it. Yeah, I feel like when we have kids, we're gonna be able to be like, no, no, no. We know you don't need a phone until you're like 12. <laughs> yeah. Like you could, you could yeah. step away from this. You can go outside and play. Like exactly. You don't need your phone anymore. I'm be Cause, like, because hmm? I think, at least from my experience, like dealing with parents, like, they don't know the internet. They don't understand social media, any of that stuff. So they're like, I guess I'll just give my kid an iPad because my friends gave their kid an iPad. I think we're going to be like, nah, nah, nah. You can, you can grow up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be like, I used to have AIM. I don't even no, know what dead AIM ass. is. Yeah. <laughs> dead ass, bro. Nah, y'll I'll be the bad parent. I don't care. Like y'all yeah, can right? raise. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm going to double down. Yeah, exactly. I'd also like to think too that like, um, if you really expose your kids to nature and everything, I would hope that they then start wanting and seeking that out of wanting yeah. to be outside then, you know, yeah. the iPad thing, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Of course, man. Anytime. Great yeah. conversation. <laughs> In the future, will be doctors. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> TBD. <laughs> um, but yeah, would love to come on, you know, for sure. This, now, this is amazing. Yeah. Come back. My first yeah, time nah. on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is really fun. Um, yeah. If you guys enjoyed the episode, make sure you leave a like down below. Subscribe to the channel. Comment down below. We'll see you guys on the next one. Yep. Peace.